Blog Talk Radio. Send me a location, let's focus on communication, cause I just need the time and place to come through. Trying to come through. Send me. What's going on, Minor Nation? I'm Anthony Salome. This is Alex Nick. <laughs> I got me all screwed up with that, dude. I sound like LimeWire back in the day. <laughs> Downloading the middle. You used to download those songs. <laughs> What's going on, Minor Nation? I'm Anthony Salome. This is Alex Nicholas, and this is the Rush Podcast. A little late, a couple minutes late. Had to Damn get traffic. up uh, work and get over here to the to the studio, a.k.a. the Casa. But we're here. What's good, man? Another week, another loss, but... Somebody's head rolled this week. That was real, real I interesting to see. Peace out. <laughs> I had to do it. I that was fine. We almost <laughs> used end of the road for that one, but we'll we'll leave that intro for another day. Brent Peace on his way out, actually already out. Um, that's the big news this week. Of course, the miners fell to uh, a, a team that I guess we expected us to lose to, but not exactly the way it's gone. Uh, not not exactly the way it went. Uh, offensive struggles have just mounted, and so that led to pieces firing. I mean, a lot of people have had their opinions. We've gotten a lot of opinions on Facebook, on Twitter, and whatnot. What did you think? You know, I mean, it, it's just – I don't it, – it's kind of weird because it's like I don't think it's going to fix anything. You know, I, I just I, – I, and I say this because of what Sean Cougar said at the press conference on Monday – you know, when I asked them, you know, how different is this offense going to be? I mean, you know, obviously you're making a change and you're looking for a difference, but his response was, well, we our running backs only had nine carries, so we got to run the ball better. And I'm thinking nothing's going to change, really. I mean, it's probably going to be the same. I mean, it, I, honestly, I, I really think that the reason why Brent Peace was let go, in my opinion, not all inside information, none of the shit that, you know, that we usually bring you guys, but just basic straight opinion of mine is I, I really think that, the fact that Josh Fields, the fact that Ronald Watt didn't get carries as Cougar had been promising, I think that really struck a nerve with Cougar and how UTEP's continually to struggle, struggling to run the football. And like when we say open it up, do different, well, Cougar wants to run the football. Cougar wants to run in between the tackles. He wants to see different guys try because it's been Kevin Dove. It's been Walter Don the first two games. And I think the reason, the main reason that I feel he was let go was because we didn't see Josh Fields because we didn't see Ronald Watt last week because UTEP for the second straight week can't break the 40-yard net mark on rushing yards. And I really think that's the more of the bigger issue because I really feel we're going to see the same thing this weekend. I, I More so because what has UTEP been able to do against New Mexico State over the past four years run over New Mexico State? I don't know if they'll do that this year. We'll get into that here in, in a few minutes as we preview New Mexico State. But I just really feel like that was kind of a tipping point for Sean Kluger. And I really think at this point, you know, Sean is kind of just – and, you know, fuck it, I'm going to say it. Sean's pitching in the wind with this program at this point. Yeah. There's really nothing that Sean Kluger can do, in my opinion, to turn this thing around. It, it, it's a lost cause. The only thing that I have hope for – and probably the only hope that I'll have all season is beating New Mexico State this week. And it's not going to be easy, but it's a rivalry game. Crazy shit happens in rivalry games. This team has been a rally behind. That's really my only hope the rest of the season. I, I just – I don't have the confidence in Sean Kugler anymore and turning this thing around. I don't know if he's lost the players. And I don't want to say that. Like, I don't want to come out on this podcast and say he's lost because I don't know that. 
I, I'm not in the locker room, but I think he's obviously lost the fans. If you all read the article that I read that I wrote last weekend, but I, I just think it's a lost cause at this point. I, I really think it's a lost cause at this point. Like we said last week, we're not in the business to calling for people's jobs, but the writing's been on the wall. You know, we we essentially gave him a pass. Year one, we gave him a pass. We sat in this podcast and gave him a pass. Year two, we were stoked. You know, when Sean Kluger came in and changed the program, you know, we were used to, to the spread. You know, me and you were both kind of like open-minded to this. You know, let's see if it works. Let's give him a chance. Year two, it worked. Year three, the injuries, whatever. And then year four last year was when we were like, okay, this is not working. And now that you're seeing it for the third straight year where this isn't working, it's time for a change. And I think that's the only way that this program, I don't even know if you say can get back on their feet because I feel like they're five, ten years behind already. But I just, you know, I'm kind of rambling here. But at the end of the day, I just don't feel that this change will make a big difference. I mean, what when you saw that on Sunday, what were your kind of initial thoughts? I mean, I'm pretty sure you have the same as mine, but, I mean, what, were you shocked? Was this kind of surprising? Did you expect maybe Tom Mason to go instead? Of, or did you expect Cougar to step down? I mean, what, what was I mean, your thought it, It's that? not really surprising to see Peace go, but the truth is that this is not an offensive problem. This is not a play-calling problem. This is a philosophy problem. This is Sean Cougar uh, continuing to, to try to run this program as a smash-mouth power football uh, team and we just don't have the players, the talented running back that we've had for the last four years in Aaron Jones anymore, and it's starting to show. And you look at you look at the stats. Um, UTEP through three games is now the worst rushing football team in America in Division One football. Um, we are dead last, 130th, uh, with just 38.67 yards a game. I mean, and we're not throwing the football. <laughs> we're that, not a passing team where it's like, okay, no, yeah. That, that, that's just crazy to me. And, I mean, you look at the teams that are um, just ahead of us. You talk about Florida State's averaging 40, but they've only played one game, and that game happened to come against Alabama, who's known as one of the top or the top rush defenses in the country. So, you know, and then above, after that, it goes up to the 60s, mid-60s into the 70s. So we're the only team that is – I mean – there's nobody else in our ballpark when it comes to the struggles that we're having in the run game. And we're a and, rushing physical and team. Exactly. And so that's why it's, it's, it's a philosophy problem. It's, it's just a difference in, in what he's trying to do compared to what we're capable of, period. Um, this, this team is not going to find success in the run game. It's just not there. Um, and, and so you can I'm run out, 33 power behind Will Hernandez exactly, all day and it's and not going to work. It's not going to work. And, I wasn't surprised to see Peace go, but it's not going to change. I just can't imagine that Brian Atkins coming, calling plays, and it's all of a sudden going to be this new offense. You know, to make matters worse, Zach Greenlee did not look very good. Bad. Um, Bad. You know, he, he started off with a couple decent throws early in the game, and then it, it went back to those first couple games of last season where he was throwing off his back foot, just looked a little, you know, scared, a little hurried in the looked pocket. slow in, in terms of his reads. Yeah, slow on the reads, overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. Um, it just it wasn't there. And and then Mark Torres comes in, and you know the guy put up a decent effort, but that's a true freshman yeah, that true hasn't freshman. that hasn't played with that first string off. You to me with Torres, that it looked like he you was just behind the, the eight ball. Yeah, you could see the athleticism from that guy. But there was no chemistry. There was no timing with those wideouts. I mean, it was almost street ball. And you know, the, the couple of drives looked like street ball. And I guess you know, going back to your point on Natkin, I guess I'm happy to see Natkin kind of get you know that type of recognition. But I, I just I don't see it, bro. I still see 
that square peg getting jammed in that round hole, especially against New Mexico State. I mean, it just you hit it right on the head what you said. It's a philo- it's a philosophy problem, and I I just don't know where this team can go or where this you program can go. You know what's really interesting? Um, and I mentioned this to you. Um, I mentioned this to you. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. We were talking about you know Mike Price and how I. I was always a big Price fan, and you can go back and listen to these podcasts years ago, even when I did them on my own, and I talked about how, you know, we were making a huge mistake by letting go of Mike Price, and I understood, and I said that then too, I understood why people wanted to change, you know, that, that, that high, we had, we had come down already from that high Crash that we pretty were hard too. We had, we had, and so I understood why people wanted to change. But if you look at where we were at Price's lowest point compared to where we are now, I mean, we we never even got on that high with Sean Coogler. I mean, there was a slight, slight, you know, uptick with the in die that hard. second year. But it was only the diehards yeah. because you didn't see 40,000. Never. You didn't see a – you first talk wasn't blowing up with calls like you it know, was back in this. Even this game – and I'll get back to my point about Price, but even this game against – Arizona that you would expect a power five conference school coming in here and the power five conference school, it's only four and a half hours away, five hours away. I mean, that's an easy drive for a lot of people. I expected to see 30 to 40,000. I really did. Even with as bad as this team is, I thought we're going to get 10 or 12,000 from them. I figured, you know, and, and, and then we're going to get, you know, a a little bit of a, you know, people are going to want to watch that game uh, here. and, And it just didn't happen. And, and I think the biggest thing, the biggest kind of eye-opener from that was showing or just seeing that those Arizona fans did not want to make a four-hour drive to see Utah. They, they wanted to order a it pizza was, and get some beer not, and try the crib. It was not worth it to come to El Paso to see such a bad football team. Yep, I agree. Because that's the only reason why you wouldn't make that trip if you're, if you're a true fan of Arizona. Yeah. And so, you know, seeing the crowds, man, it's, it's just been disappointing. But what I wanted to actually mention was I thought it was very interesting. When you look at um, Sean Kugler's last three years, which is four and eight, five and seven, seven and six, um, just real quick, what is that, 12 and 13, uh, 16, and, 16 and 21 in the last three years, that's actually better than Mike Price's uh, final three years, which were five and seven, six and seven, I think he four was and eight, seventeen or, and thirty-one, or right, right, or right around the same. So we're in the same boat that we were in with Mike Price, but, except that we never experienced the success with Sean Coogler that we did with Mike Price. And maybe that success didn't show in bowl wins, but this that team was ranked in the top twenty-five a couple of times under Mike Price. And they weren't getting rolled. They were getting by rolled Power Five teams. Ever. I mean, we'd get beat by. I mean, Texas. Time, honestly. I mean, I may miss this. I may go, but I, honestly, the only game I could really remember a Power Five team just Texas. thrashing was that Texas game because I was living in Austin. I remember that game particularly because it was nasty. Then we picked six Colton McGoy that first play, and I'm thinking, oh shit, you know, what kind of what you expect under Mike Price's team? They give you a chance, but I, I, and and that's why I I, I, will, I would throw out that 17 and 31 mark to match because the Cougars teams are just, like I wrote they. You look at Mike Price's teams against P- uh, Power Five teams back in those days, and for segments and for for bits and pieces, they look like they belong. When Sean Cooper teams have matched up against Power Five teams, we look like a glorious, a glorified FCS team, bro. I saw that. I don't know if it was you that posted. Yeah, it or I wrote else that. that shit. I wrote that shit. <laughs> <laughs> we we definitely do, and and that's that's sad. This program continues to spiral, 
Um, and I just don't see, I don't see where the change comes. And, and I know that, you know, the worst part about it is that it's already hard to recruit to El Paso. I, I hear that all the time. And, you know, I, I, I think when people say that, I think it's an easy excuse. Yeah. I think it's a cop-out. I understand it is hard. It's definitely harder to recruit to El Paso. I than agree, like, like Angeles or Miami or, you know, anything like that. There's definitely some truth to that. But that doesn't mean that there's not good players out there that want to come play here. Um, you just got to find those players. And, and I think that's one of the things that, that Mike Price did, you know, because it wasn't necessarily, you know, wh- I think one of the big places that, that Sean Kugler has gone wrong is really trying to build this program from the bottom up. And a lot of people liked that at the start. A lot of people said, I love the fact that he's going after nothing but, but high schoolers and very few JUCO guys uh, and transfers. And, and you've seen more of that trickle in over the yeah. years. You know, he started off, I want to do nothing but high school kids. And he's, he's really understood that he's, he has to tap into that JUCO and, and transfer market to be able to compete. But you saw that from the beginning with Mike Price. And Mike Price found out that, hey, maybe I'm not going to get that five-star athlete from – uh, Allen, Texas, or whatever it is, you know, I'm going to have to go and get the kid that couldn't make it at Florida The former four-star exactly, athlete, the exactly, former three-star. Or, or these guys that maybe didn't, didn't qualify and had to go the JUCO route, whatever it is. And so he, he found those diamonds in the rough. And you still see a number of his players playing in the NFL yeah. today. And so, you and know, Sean takes a very small percentage of that while, while Mike Price was willing to, to take a bigger percentage. And, and again, it, it is harder to recruit here, but it's not impossible. And so I just, I, you know, the recruiting has taken a huge hit with the lack of success that this team has had. It, it's it's gotten time. out of control. You know, you went from bringing in recruits on a weekend where you're playing Oklahoma and, and you're hosting 50,000 people. And these kids are saying, oh, my God, these lights, these teams, the fans, the student, you know, section, the student actually- section. And now... One commit, and we're in the, almost the end of September. It, it's it's rough, man. And we don't even know how many offers are really out there. It's it's just a tough situation. I mean, you know, the Brent Peace situation it just kind of snowballed it all. I think, and you know, it's hard to it's hard to be optimistic about the whole season. I'm optimistic about this week just because it's Aggie Week, and you know, that's a game normally, and I'm a homer and all that <laughs> shit. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there's just there's really no hope for this season, and, and I mean, there's really no hope for the Cougar. And the crazy thing about it is. You know, Bob Stoll, sneaky little Bobby, sneaky little Robert, goes up there and extends him for two years. And and now, if UTEP wants to can him, which I mean, they're gonna be this new AD is gonna be forced to eat that six hundred thousand dollar payout, three hundred three hundred thousand each season. So I mean, it sets it back, and it just you know it raises so many more questions than it does answers. And I, I think this this is exactly what this firing did. It raised more questions than answers. And I mean, not only that, but I mean, and I don't really want to get all into this and, and kind of, you know, we, we, we kind of handed it to Sean last week. But, I mean, you know, you're looking at, okay, well, how are you going to get better? Well, now Chuck Valise is going to take over quarterbacks when, you know, our quarterbacks really need a lot of attention, like Chuck Valise, really. It's, it's, it just puts a really bad taste in my mouth. And the fact that I asked Sean Cougar questions last weekend and he didn't have answers, you know, I mean, there's, there's just guys point where you know you just got to raise your way and, and I know Sean Cougar is, is a man of character a man of integrity but I won't look down on Sean Cougar for uh for stepping down midseason I, I I will give him you know what you tried 
He's not. You, you, you try, I mean, he, he won't do he's it. He's not the guy that's going to step down. Let, now, now, let's get to this because there were some questions on, on, that I wanted to get to. And I, I have, I've had this hot take all week. I was joking with Kapowitz and these fools at, at, the, at the press conference on Monday. I believe, I may be wrong. This is just my personal opinion. No sources, no info. If we get just ragdolled by New Mexico State, I think he gives up. I think he, I think he throws a whack flag. But if we fight and we lose and it's a close game, I don't think so. But if we get ragdolled and we rush for under 50 yards again, I think he's gone. That's just my opinion. I, 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 I see the frustration. I see the lack of answers. I see – I'm just reading his body language after games. You know, that's basically what I'm going off of. So, I could be wrong. I could be in left field off of that. But I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, I just don't see Sean Coogler as the guy that will step He has too down. much of that pride. He's got that, too yeah. much pride to step down. And, I mean, what's crazy is, like, for a guy – if you remember Sean Coogler when he came in, I still remember the day that they introduced him as a head coach and how how confident and how – uh, strong and just like just a, a powerful guy came in here and he's just like we're gonna win and like that it was just like yeah let's go run, go. Just like, run through a wall for that <laughs> and you saw you saw this coach talking at the end of of the game on Saturday or Friday night that post conference that post game conference rough that was not the same guy that we hired totally agree I mean he is he is defeated and and I I still think he's got too much pride to walk away mid season but I'll be honest with you and I said it. I want to say whatever. I, I, at some point, I said this. If we get rolled by New Mexico State, they have to let him yeah. go. I don't think he he's can't go on away. Yeah. I would never expect him to walk away. I don't think it's right for a coach to walk away from his players midseason, regardless of how bad it's going. But I do think it's okay for an administration to say, you know what? This Cut is this. not working. Yeah. Because this isn't, you know, I, I understand it's college and it's about the kids and the education and whatnot. But for Kugler, it's about wins and losses. Yeah. So if he's not and doing his job, and butts in the seat, and so if he's not doing his job, then it's time for him to go. And you know what's sad is that I don't see either of those things happening. Like I don't see him walking away, and I also don't see them letting him go. I mean, I think it would take more than losing to New Mexico State. I'm, I, I feel like we're in a position where if you don't let him go after the New Mexico State game, then you're almost expecting that you're going to lose the next, you know, I, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, but right, you know, we can army. <laughs> so what I'm saying is if you don't let him go after the New Mexico State game, right, you're almost expecting that he's going to lose to army. You're expecting that he's going to lose to Western Kentucky. And all of a sudden you're zero and six. And at that point, the administration is kind of like, well, we're zero and six. Let's just let him finish out the season. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. I, I don't see, I don't see him walking away. I don't see him getting fired, but I think if we do lose to New Mexico State badly, if there is no fight, if it's a double and, I, and badly is double digit. Yeah. So New Mexico oh, State, State, yeah. Badly by two scores, you, that, yeah. yeah, that's I bad. And so I think if if that's the case, you know, then it, it's just it's time for him to go. I, I do notice that that Brett Bloomquist is talking about Ryan Metz practicing, so that should be a huge. And, but he deleted that tweet, so I think they probably told him to delete that tweet. You know what I mean? I probably tried Denise or somebody, but that that would be huge. And that and they're, I think they're going to try to keep that under wraps. I think that was why they probably that would just be big just for morale. Yeah, I mean, obviously he's the best quarterback on the roster. Yeah, you know, uh, we saw that talent from uh, Torres, but Andrews is, is the best quarterback on the roster. So that would be big for morale, but. Man, I just don't see where this thing turns around or how. Really don't. And I don't even want to look at the Arizona game. I mean, we all saw that. I mean, it was just 
it was abysmal. I mean, you know, for 20 minutes, the defense really fought hard. And, you know, we had a shout-out to our riders that, that really came through. Ying Yang Samurai, Mark Teixeira, those guys really broke down this game and gave us a lot of good angles on the website. Y'all can check that out. But, I mean, I, I, my take was for the first 20 minutes, if we could have sustained two offensive drives in the first half, that would have been a 21-14, a 28-14 game. You know, well, there, was, it, it, there was the one opportunity when we got that interception at the end of the first half, or was it a fumble? I don't even remember. The fumble, point. yeah, it was a fumble. We got that turnover at the end of the first half, and, and we – I don't know if we went three and out or we turned it over, whatever it was. But no, that, that, that's that. the punt return. It was a three and that's out. Right. That's three right. That's right. It was and a and three and out in the punt return. That just sealed and it. that was sealed. And, I mean, if you take that ball down the field and, you, you know, you take it to 28-13 and you can get to the half, I mean, that's – that's respectable. Yeah, and, and I mean, who knows? In the second half, you come out and make it a game. But yeah, I mean, once once that happened, and that I didn't I didn't watch Sports Center, but that punt return, there was no need because we already knew it. <laughs> that punt return was so so dirty. Did you man. see my tweet though? I had a really solid tweet for that. No, no. I said uh, I put uh, UTEP just became a oh, meme. I did see that one. I did see that. One. <laughs> I was solid. I was solid on the Twitter game. They should, even they should we do got a crying Jordan face with a with Payter's face on it, dude. <laughs> So let's get to some questions. I, I was kind of scared because if y'all know me, I mean, you know, I don't like Facebook and people act stupid on Facebook <laughs> and people ask stupid questions, but we got some good questions on the Facebook. I, I asked some people, I put a promo for this, uh, for this podcast and we got some legit questions. Let's go first with Mark Dominguez. Uh, has anything been mentioned about running an up-tempo style because this is running into a brick wall. So every down sort of sucks. I agree, my man. At least up-tempo might catch some defenders off balance and actually wear them out. Cougar didn't mention it Friday uh, – or, excuse me, Monday with the press conference. And I remember last year I was really stoked uh, watching uh, spring ball and then fall when they when UTEP actually – Brent Peace implemented tempo. But we haven't seen that in a game. And that's not going to happen. I mean, Sean Cougar's big statement was he was pissed because Arizona doubled us up 36-23 in time of possession. So tempo under Sean Cougar, no. You're never going to see tempo unless it's a two-minute drill. And even the last two minutes or the last minute and a half when we got the ball against Arizona, that was still – I think that was the turnover. We're still kind of huddling and taking – there's no urgency. So, Mark, we're never going to – you'll never see a Sean Cougar UTEP team do tempo at all. And, and especially not at this point without Ryan Mendes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Especially if you have to start Mark Torres this week. Um, so let's get to another question here. Christopher David Carrillo on Facebook asked, if the Miners end up losing to the Aggies, you think there will be even more coaching change or they'll wait till the season's over? I think we answered that one a little while ago. I think they will. You think they'll give them to the end of the season, even with the 0-6. So we got to that one, though. Appreciate your question, Christopher. Uh, ben Perez with a good one here. Do you think it still makes sense to play big schools just for the fiscal policies? And I think – I think in UTEP's current situation where we're not getting bowl games, where you're not getting bowl money, we're not getting, uh, you know, advertising money from people that are advertise want to advertise because you're winning because uh, you're not selling tickets. You have to, you, this is why you, this is the exact reason why Mr. Ben Perez, why UTEP's playing these big money games. And it kind of goes back in my opinion, I, I, I've been saying this opinion for a couple of years. It goes kind of back to the 08 to 09 side under Mike Price where people started losing interest in UTEP. And and now, you know, if you college athletics, the budget's kind of always fast moving. You know what I mean? It, it goes from year to year. And I think because of the downfall from 2009 to 2012, I think now that's why you, you saw Bob Stoll during those years schedule up and, and, and get these money games. So Yeah, I mean, it's an actual, it's an absolute must to play these games. I mean, people don't necessarily realize it, but football is the main revenue gener generator for all of athletics. Right. So when you have these these 
athletics programs like I don't want to call anybody out, but some of these programs that, that are negative revenue programs that don't make anything and actually cost you money, it's football normally that picks up the yeah. slack. And so when you don't have, you know, a winning, uh, a winning team that's not making bowl games and not getting postseason money, and on top of that, you have a conference that our, our TV contracts have continued to dwindle they're over shit. the years. <laughs> I mean, they're terrible. When you talk about the, the – I mean, you know – Back to the to the pro the, the networks that that uh, that televise the games, whether it be like BN Sports or whatever, because they actually put on a decent yeah they, they, they try uh, they, yeah they, they give they, effort they, they, they do decent programming, but it's just the money is not there because the viewers are not there, and so when you have all these things weighing down on you, the only way for a program like UTEP to make money is to play these games, and and a lot of times you know it's not just the revenue that you get from uh, from uh, playing at you know certain schools, it's when you get these home and homes, yeah. you know, like Arizona, when you're hoping that that's going to draw you know people into the seats, and then you make revenue on the ticket sales, on the concessions and whatnot. Um, just like this Oklahoma game, you know, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Oklahoma game two that we played one. that was actually the two for one yeah. that we had when we played. And I like those uh, when they when they programs. played here back in what I don't even know what year it was 2011 or something like that when, yeah. when price was still here and we got a home game with them and then we had to yeah, give them two, yeah. two home games. So that's why we played that game. Now we were contractually obligated, but either way, these are games that we need to generate some revenue for the football program and for the rest of athletics. No doubt about it. I totally agree with that. And we talked Antonio Gonzalez. If you joined us late, man, I don't know if y'all listen live, but we kind of answered this one. Are there's any possibility Cougar gets canned? Oh, well, you know, actually we didn't answer this one. This is a good one. I want you. I want you to answer this one. I'm gonna read this, and you answer this one first. Is there any possibility Cougar gets canned without Stoll's replacement being hired yet? That's that's a legitimate question. I, you know what? Because of, of what you were saying with the 0 and 6 part. I don't. I don't think Cougar getting canned, you know, midseason before we've hired an AD has really any bearing on who the next coach is because we're not gonna make a hire midseason. And when you talk about the AD and the decisions that they make one of the biggest decisions that you're going to make is that, that new head coach. And so <clears throat> when you're not going to make that type of decision mid-year, I think it's okay to let go of a coach because, you know, even though he's gone, all that's going to happen is you're going to have somebody promoted and be an interim head coach while, you know, when the, while the season's ending. And so, you know, I don't think that has any bearing really. I don't, I don't see them letting go of Cooler either way, like I already mentioned. But I think more than anything, what's most important for the new AD is that they are able to make that decision and bring in the, the person that they want to run this to run this football team. No doubt about it. So good questions, y'all. Uh, appreciate that. Appreciate your feedback. Hopefully, we answer to the best of our ability. I mean, shoot, if Sean Cougar don't have questions or can't have answer the questions, what are two homers gonna do, bro? But we tried our best there. So moving along to the Aggies, the Aggies. This weekend, 6 p.m. in that shithole they call Las Cruces Memorial Stadium. I don't care who listens to this. I don't call it a shithole. It's one of the worst stadiums ever. Remember that one year? Did you go with me that one? Yeah, it was the first year where they stuck us in right next to the damn uh, the damn drink machines up there in that, that oh, small-ass the, the press. Yeah, no, 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 in, in the football game. I think you, I think you went with me that, that first one. Oh, the, yes. And, yes, they, but, and they, they sat us right next to the damn drink uh, dispenser. That was bullshit. Yeah, but we only had we only had one seat, though. Yeah, we only had one. Yeah, and you went down to the – you ended up I taking ended up pictures. Taking because you were up there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, they did that. the same thing to us at the basketball game, too, yeah, though. Yeah. They just, like, put us put in, in the regular seats with a table in front of us. I was like, <laughs> what is this? The bootleg uh, Aggies. But, I mean, yo, we could rag on 
the state of their pro, uh, the raggedy daggedy of their program, but them boys are playing some real football yeah, right yeah. now. I got a chance to watch that Choice State game, and like I was telling, I got told you, I was like, man, if there wasn't any, if if there if there wasn't a fight last week, I would have cruised down that I ten and watched that game against Choice State because I mean that that was a really exciting game. I, it felt like Choice State was gonna pull away at some point, but New Mexico State's offense that I honestly. The only way we win this game, in my opinion, is as bad as defense has been, UTEP's going to have to win a shootout in this game because New Mexico State, they do everything well that UTEP struggle with. Talking about, let's start off with a quarterback with Tyler Rogers, his efficiency and his ability to just kind of pick you apart. He's a very accurate quarterback. Brandon Dawkins last week was not a very accurate quarterback, and he's not a throwing quarterback. Started the game 13 against UTEP. This Tyler Rogers kid has weapons. He has weapons. That he has over 10 different pass catchers who have at least nine or more targets on the season. They're going to spread it around, and that's something UTEP really struggles with, starting with the quarterback. This is a guy that can move in and out of the pocket. They have weapons. Oh, yeah, they also have an NFL prospect at running back, and Larry Rose, who's a senior, hasn't been as explosive as he's been in the past. But if there's a get-right game for him, it'll be UTEP. It'll be the way that teams have been able to, to explode in the running game, not so much being able to run the ball, Teams have been explosive in the running game against UTEP, and that is a big concern with me. And, you know, you look at their defense, they still struggle in some areas, but they're starting to develop their depth. They're a very blitz-heavy team. I, we've UTEP struggled with, with blitzes so much this year. I mean, I this offensive line was really heralded to do something, but we've really just only seen Will Hernandez really dominate like we expected. But I, there's just so many things that this New Mexico State does well or has been doing well the first three weeks where UTEP has just really shit the bed in every department. And I just really feel that this UTEP offense, I mean, maybe there's a reason for a change because this UTEP offense really has to put up points to contend with a New Mexico State. This is not UTEP scratching out a 20 to 10 win or a 24 to 17 or a seven. Now that I say it, it's probably going to happen, but I just feel that this is a game. New Mexico State is going to be able to do what they want on offense. They're going to be able to move the ball. They're going to spread UTEP around. They're not explosive, but they're very methodical in their spread attack. They'll run some type of up-tempo. It's not a NASCAR up-tempo, but it is up-tempo. And I think UTEP is really going to struggle slowing these guys down. They're efficient. This is like a, a five- to seven-yard offense in their yep. pass game that's just going to continually pick you apart from different angles, different routes, out routes. And then not only that, but they got a special guy in Jaleel Scott, the kid that made that one-handed catch against Arizona. That's kind of their big play guy. But that you, was... you only really see him do that in the red zone, though. Yep. But still, do we have a guy that can cover a 6'6 receiver in our zone coverage? I don't think so. So it, it just this game really, really worries me from a lot of different angles in terms of what they do well, what we don't, we, we have been doing well. But I kind of like the minus chances as, a, as a, fighting, a fighting underdog because of all the shit that happened last weekend. And if there's one game, if there's one team that I've really seen, you know, over the years, Sean Cooler, as, you know, Sean Cooler doesn't throw out press conference quotes, you know, too much in terms of other teams, but you can tell he's a minor, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, Sean's a minor. He don't like New Mexico State. I feel he's going to pull out all the stops to beat New Mexico State because, I mean, let's also face it, he's probably coaching for his job at this point. But I I just – I, I can see this game's going in so many directions. But at the end of the day, you just want to see this UTEP team continue to fight and give New Mexico State hell. I mean, how do you see this game rolling out? Because I, I, it could go any different way, in my opinion, especially because it's a rivalry game. When you look at when – you, when you look at – New Mexico State one and two versus UTEP zero oh and three. You're thinking, man, this should be a pretty good game, rivalry game, and whatnot. But when you actually look, what New Mexico State has done 
Um, they were at Arizona State, and it was a close game, and then ASU pulled away a little bit, and then they closed it down in the end. But it, it was overall a pretty competitive game at Arizona State. And then they go on the road to New Mexico, and they take care of business at New Mexico. New Mexico State made it respectable at the end, made it a close game. But this was a 30-9 to game, if I'm not mistaken, early on or early like in the second half. So that was a game that was that was under control. And then you talk about a Troy team who's always got a pretty good football team. They've got athletes, great defense. So, you know, they go they go and, and lose that game. But, you know, this is a team that very easily could be 3-0. and and, and they're a team that ranks 38th in the nation in total offense, which is huge because you talk about the struggles that the UTEP, that UTEP has had offensively. They've had those same struggles defensively. One of, one of the worst, I don't know the exact number right now, but one of the you know, bottom five. Pick a number, 127, 128, 130. In, in, in college football. And so um, they, they've got weapons. Like you mentioned, when you talk about Tyler Rogers averaging 66.7 yards, uh, I mean, a percent completion and averaging seven yards per attempt and, uh, 10 touchdowns, only three interceptions. And you talk about Larry Rose, who's averaging five yards a carry. I mean, that th- there's just weapons all over the place for New Mexico State. And they will – I feel that this – this that you, you know, we talk about this game from a UTEP perspective. We talk about us scrapping and making it because it's, it's such a rivalry game. We talk about us fighting and making this a close game. But you've got to look at it from the other side too. This is the first year that New Mexico State – is in a position that we've been in over the last almost the last decade. It's been eight years where where maybe we weren't a great team, but we've always been just a little better. We've been a step ahead, a step above where NMSU is. And now the the roles are reversed. And NMSU is in that position where maybe they're not they don't have that record right to show that they're doing great. But they got the talent. But they're a step they're a step above us. And maybe in this case they're two or three steps above us. They've got the talent. And, and they played well really well against respectable teams. This could be a game where they pay us back for the last eight years. Run up the score. A lot of these guys, when you talk about Tyler Rogers, is Rogers a senior? Yeah, he's, he's fifth, fourth year. He's been there for a while, ever since Cougar's been there. Rogers, Rose, I mean, these guys have, have dealt with some of the Greg Hogan, I even know. I mean, I know their third receiver's <laughs> name, Greg Hogan. You know, they, they, they have Dalton dealt, Harrington, they have dealt with some of the heartbreak that UTEP has given them. Namely, you know, when you talk when about Ryan that Metz comeback two years there. ago, yeah. Ryan Metz goes up there and, and Metz went a legend. huge comeback and win. Was it overtime? Or I don't even remember yep. whatever it was. But, you know, this could be the game where they're so fired up and they know that they've got our number this year. They could run up the score on us. Yeah. You know, they could turn – I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to be a 63-16 to 16 game like last week or whatever it was. But it, it could end up being a forty-two to fourteen or. Well, they're going for it fourth and three know, from their own from UTEP's twenty-seven. It, 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 it could it could be that type I of game. You, I I see could, you. It could be that type of game. You know, history says that it'll be a close one. But man, with the struggles that we've had on both sides of the ball, as bad as it's been, and don't I don't know where we find relief. Yeah. You know, I don't see like oh Ryan Metz is coming back and that's going to be the difference. There is no running game right now. The There's offensive no line, yeah. the offensive line play is not very good. There's no receivers. Uh, you know, the defense is struggling to, to get pressure on the quarterback, to make tackles. It, it's just it, it, the mistakes and, the, and just the struggles are all over the place on this football team. And so I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how this team can keep this game within seven or ten points. I really don't. I agree. I mean, the only thing is just going to be heart and grit and just being nasty. I mean, forcing fumbles. You know what I mean? How many points like that, that? <laughs> in a, in a, I mean, in an ugly game, like if you Utah's got to win this one ugly. I mean, there's like I said, they got to win it in a shoot. I mean, it's going to be a shootout at the end of the day. 
But, I mean, if this, if this is a game that UTEP wants to be able to control, they, they're going to have to get physical. You're going to have to get some defensive touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, what I'm talking about getting nasty uh, defense touchdown, a punt return. Something like – something that way, because like you mentioned, I just – this New Mexico State team, they seem like – I mean, they're, I, I have, I'm not putting them in my group of five rankings, but this is a very quality group of five team offensively. Yeah. Like, pretty cool. Like, they probably could put up two or three times drives on Oklahoma's defense. I see this this team very similar to Mike Price type teams where you've got a nice quarterback that can throw the ball around. You've got a good running back. You've got some playmakers at receivers. They they don't have a good defense, but you can win a shootout. The only only comparison I would put is New Mexico State probably has very good uh, possession receivers to move the chains when as Mike Price would have those explosive kind of guys that are one shift and go, but that's very a very, very accurate comparison. So, I mean, and we've got an State type team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not very good. It's not very good. Not very good. And, and I mean, you know, I just, I, I, for, you know, more than anything, I just, I want this win for the kids. I could just imagine what these guys are going through. I mean, I know. you know, we, we saw yeah. kind of, we, we even talked about this, I think, in a preseason podcast of how surprised we were and kind of how proud of we've seen pictures and these the, the kids on Twitter posting, you know, their, their workouts with the, the sweatbands on and the hot fucking sun and the sun bowl. It's 107 degrees. I'm inside watching the Astros kick ass in the air conditioner and they're outside busting their ass. That's, I guess, as an athlete, I want to see these guys win yeah. this game. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want this game for these kids. Not for me, not for the fucking website, not to have fans. something, not for the fans, not for Kugler, but for the fucking kids that have been busting their yep. ass since February. No question. I, I really want this game for these kids more than anything. I mean, I just want to see – I want to be able – I guess I'm going to end up going to the game now that we're in podcast <laughs> mode. I wasn't going to go, but, you know, I want, at the end of the game, I want to be able to snap pictures of these guys smiling and, and you know, just, just enjoying what they came here to do. So You know, what's, you know, what's tough, man, is that we talked about – Ooh, my mom with the podcast question. You, know, you want to hear a question? What are you, yeah. We're going to ask her about It's kind of on the subject. Let's do it. How do you keep their spirits up? right now honestly i mean and that's a legit question because you the media i mean we're shitting on them yeah. fans are shitting on them i mean cooler made pies and shit the, truth is, the truth is there is no way there is no way the only way the only thing that does it is a win yeah that's it there's no way from the outside looking in to encourage them you know there's only so much support that you're going to get as as a losing team you know I, it, the, the diehards are going to be there yeah. you know you're going to have that support but you're not going to all of a sudden you know bring in an extra ten thousand fans or you know, but it's just the only thing that, that cures these blues is a win. Yeah. That's it. And the tough thing is, is, you know, we talked about this preseason. We looked at this schedule preseason, and we said, if they don't beat Rice. We're going to be 0-6 guaranteed. And, and we, there's just, where do the losses stop? Yeah. Right? I believe was the, were the exact yeah. words that we used. Where does it stop? And you just can't see it. You know, we're at a point where NMSU, I mean, you hope that these that these kids get this win for, for their morale for the rest of the season. Again, not for Kugler, not for the fans, for them. Because they are. They're busting their ass out there. And and they're put in a position where, you know, <clears throat> maybe they're not given the best opportunity to win with, with the play calling, whatever it might be. But either way, they're out there giving it their all. And they don't deserve to, to be 0-12 or, you know, even 0-4. And, you know, it just, they they deserve a win. Um, and you would hope that they're able to get that. But, I mean, you look at the schedule. NMSU, after, after this week, we got Army. And then Western Kentucky. Uh, Southern Miss, always tough. Top uh, three teams. After that, those are the top five. Those are two of the top three teams in our Conference USA rankings, if, you, they, look at the, if you look at past that, West, or starting with Western Kentucky. And then you got UTSA, who's, who's 
have I a think, great defense. I think overrated. Yeah, because they haven't played because nobody. They haven't played but anybody. their defense Even looks Baylor is nobody, but their defense does yeah. look very good. And if we're having trouble moving the ball against – They'll shut Rice, us out 20 to nothing. Yeah, I mean, they, they really will. And, that, you know, that's going to be tough. you got Middle Tennessee on the road. On the road. I mean, just it's we're, we're at a point where if we don't get a win now, I don't know if, if we will get a win at all this season. Even UAB – Came out and handled business against uh, who was it this this Coastal weekend? Carolina, the, yeah, Coastal. The, and they have a really good rushing offense for SCS team. You know, I, I so, want to say they're might even. I you know, want to see some ranked in UAB but, takes out. I'm assuming two FCS schools in Alabama, yeah, Alabama and, yeah. and then you got Ball State. They put up 31 points um, on the road. That's so yeah. No, I agree, man. With, I mean, with this team, I mean, they're just hoping that these kids can pull it together this week. And, you know, if they win this week, does it turn around the season? I mean, let's be real, no. But at the end of the day, it just – it puts it puts this first quarter of the season, it puts – it ends the first quarter of the season with some sort of positive light at the end of the day. You being your rival, you keep that streak going. And to me, you have an opportunity now to turn that into a decade next season, whatever that means for anybody, if that means anything to anybody. So – 6 p.m., Aggie Shitmorial Stadium, ESPN3 is where you can catch it if you can't make that trip. I'm going to go. I, you know, I, I was probably down last week, but every time I do this podcast, it kind of juices me up. It, like, kind of refreshes me. I, I feel like it's like a therapy session. You know, I wonder, I, I wonder how it feels to be talking about a winning football program. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's always like a, a therapy makes us feel better. So we'll see what happens. Get the game previews. Uh, we're going to do a little Q&A with uh, Jason Groves from uh, the Las Cruces Sun News, one of my favorite guys in the media around here locally. I don't play favorites, but he's one of my favorite guys out there, even though I'm a Bronco fan. But shout-out to JP. We'll get him uh, – we'll get his content up on there. And basketball season is uh, – yeah, month away. I'm month over away. 21st Orange and White scrimmage. That's exactly what I was just saying. <laughs> That's exactly what I was just thinking. My bad. Like, my bad. You know, Orange and White scrimmage coming up, and then we got Fall Rock State Exhibition, Western New Mexico Exhibition, and then it's Louisiana College. Uh, the fighting Louisiana College. But, you know, you're talking are. about a month. A month away. Basketball season's here. Puerto Rico tip-off. Puerto um, Rico. You just hope that if we're not able to, to pick up the W uh, in football against NMSU – Sweet. And we're able to find those W's this year in basketball because they've they've had Floyd's number, you know, not every game, but they've they've done pretty well against Tim Floyd, you know. So and they 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 went through. He's talking about Tim Floyd going through roster turnover. They went through a major overhaul compared to what they've been the past couple of years. So that'll be interesting. We should probably do that. We should probably do like a New Mexico, uh, New Mexico, New Mexico State Conference USA a little basketball preview here show here in a couple of weeks, like for basketball side. That'd be something cool. I think people will like. We're all in six. We'll definitely <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying, my man. You are not lying. That was all right, guys. Though. Saturday kickoff. NMSU. This is the Rush Podcast. Y'all know where to find us. We got jokes. Minorrush.com at SBN. Minorrush on Twitter. Minorrush.com. No, that's not right. Facebook.com slash Minorrush. Uh, Minorrush at gmail.com. Subscribe on iTunes. Rate. I think you can rate us. Give us five stars. Fuck five it. stars. We five stars. We out.